Hello. Good morning. Yes, sir. You and I were just discussing how old we are before we came on the air. Yeah, that's painful. I, th- I think I think I, I feel bad for you, but that that was a really funny story. What you were just saying about trying to go to the gym, and all of a sudden now you're that guy oh, who's yeah. got got knee braces on. I got elbow knee braces. braces. I just look like that guy that I saw when I was younger <laughs> and would laugh at. I've now become that guy, right? And I should just start wearing all kinds of like sweatbands and just be that guy completely. <laughs> You know, like oh, if, I, if I could just find a way to profusely over sweat, like normally that guy with all the knee braces and everything is like the biggest sweater in the building. Right. So, just, sweat, so you, just sweating all over all the machines. You know, I, I need to become that guy. Do you put a towel around your neck? Yeah. You know, maybe get uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe get like some sort of felt sweatsuit, you know, just just be the worst. I'm just, I'm just going <laughs> to embrace it. I'm just going to embrace it. I'm going to be that guy in the gym. Uh, I love that. Hey, at least we try. Right? I mean, I got to do something. try a little bit. By the I way, let's... Uh, um, and I was lamenting the fact that I actually played golf yesterday. And now I'm sore on the outsides of my legs. My feet are sore. How do, how, how are your abs sore, like, from playing golf? I guess it's just it because our be. trunk is, is constantly yeah. twisting. Trunk's always in My abs in are sore. My chest is a little sore. Means you're probably doing it right. The outside of your legs, that should be, that's kind of the base of your swing. And then your ass, I mean, it makes sense. Everything you're saying makes sense. That sounds good. Yeah. Um, Before we go any further, let's talk about what's going on with your facial hair here. So what, (laughs) what, what, what is, what, what is that? What's going on? So I was shaving the beard off. Right. And then I remembered, you know, Julie really can't stand this. (laughs) So, so the mustache. yeah, and then yeah, you know, she can't stand it, right? So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna rock this for a few days just to like when she gets back from work, she'll walk in and she just kind of shakes her head at me. Oh, so did you just do? Has she seen it yet? Oh yeah. Okay. But every every day when she comes in, she's just just. <laughs> so I like the beard. What what happened to the beard? You just got tired of it. You're uh, looking for a different look. Yeah, I can't. I can't keep a beard forever. I have to like shave it down and then grow it back. I can't. I've tried. We've, we've talked about this before. I've tried, but but it gets it gets too itchy after a while. Yeah, like I got a little I, bit of facial hair going out. If it, if I let it go about another four or five days, and it'll just get too itchy. I can't stand it. And you know what I hate? Speaking of that, when I tell someone, like, yeah, my beard, I just it irritates me. I shave it off. Oh no, you got to get this and this lotion and but no, dude, no. I can just shave the beard off. It grows yeah. back <laughs> much easier. It's so simple. Yeah. Than to just than to than to you know have a thirty minute post-shower routine we are so lucky not to be girls i mean right geez I, I, the, the fact that i mean the amount of time now kathy kathy's actually pretty good she she doesn't take hours yeah. to get ready she always but, got but that still but still it's a process right and and i complain because when my hair gets too long i put like some of that uh that that uh not gel but it's like some of that paste in it you know yeah just, yeah. To, just to keep it out of my eyes i can't stand doing that let alone if we had to do beard, you know, conditioner and, and oh, combing yeah. all that kind of stuff. Like if it if it takes me more than fifteen minutes, twenty minutes to get ready, that that that's not happening. I'm, I, I just will, don't have the patience for that. I will say the beauty of being bald, and I'm I'm out of the shower, dress gone. Right? Like yeah. What do you do with that? Do. By the way, what do you what huh? do you do? Do you do you, use, do, do you still use shampoo or you do soap? Like how do you clean your head? So what do you do? Just soap. soap? Yeah. Same way I wash my face. I just kind of. I mean, 
I think for my scalp, they say it's probably better to use some sort of shampoo because I do have hair on the sides. But I was going to say, I'm not sure that's good for you to use soap on your scalp. Yeah, I mean, whatever. Then I use lotion. I do put some lotion on to keep it from getting so dried out. So I, I can't, I can't get past the mustache. <laughs> it's, it's, it's awesome. It's, it's, it's good, so dude. Like it's seriously, it's, like it's thick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, been, you, you know, look like you look like a, a uh, you look like a major league baseball manager from the seventies, right? I, just, I need to smoke, and then a hat that sits <laughs> yes. like barely comes over, like yeah. right here, yeah, and a cigarette, and just start bah. Yeah. Double switch. Strawberry, you're out of the game. So how's how's your uh, how's your week been? Like without uh, without cornhole? Like, do you miss it? Is it a good break for you? How how do you how do you feel? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's been interesting to watch. You know, obviously we're gonna talk more about it in this show, but it's you know, yeah. to watch all the people talk about who's playing you know, our 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 sports free agency, if you will, to watch yeah. that whole process take place. And then, you know, the college tour started. I go next week to uh, Chapel Hill for the Notre Dame Carolina game. Oh my gosh! How about Notre Dame? By the way, are you kidding me? Oh, what's up with two? the Sun Belt, dude? Oh my gosh! Your, your Sun Belt Conference. What a weekend! S- Sun Belt's killing it. I mean, I knew, I knew when they added Marshall, Southern Miss, James Madison, Old Dominion. I mean, these these are all four really good uh, programs and or up and coming programs. So I, I figured yeah. they'd probably be good. I mean, poor Coastal Carolina. Well, I shouldn't say poor Coastal Carolina. They're good too. Coastal's got App. Coastal Georgia Southern, Marshall, Old Dominion, all the James, they've all come into that East Division yeah. with Coastal Carolina. So it's going to be a tough division. But yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's, it's going to be tough I, for I James Madison. James right. Madison's going to be cut tough for a couple of years. I mean, because they're coming up from one double A. Yeah. It takes a while to get the Division One player on your roster. So they'll they'll struggle. But Old Dominion beating Virginia Tech at state, obviously with the win at Texas AM. Marshall goes to Maryland. Look, I mean to Notre Dame. Look, I was at the Georgia State North Carolina game and I mean, Georgia State has talent, but not a lot of speed. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Just from watching the field, like, if you look at the numbers and the sizes of the players, it's pretty similar to big-time D1, but they, they're missing some speed, and something tells me that those players aren't going to be 100% all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. If they, if they had, if they had that, that second level of speed, they'd right. be at Alabama. Right. And a lot of these kids, you look at those rosters at Georgia State, at App State, at Marshall. You know, these are guys – App State, not necessarily anymore, but Georgia Southern. These are guys that some of the transfers – like I saw Georgia State had like 20-some-odd transfers on their squad. And, you know, it's all guys that got, you know, picked up at Auburn or Alabama or Georgia or wherever. Yeah. Knew they weren't going to play, right? Transferred down to get some playing time. So they were looked at at a high school as being, a you know, a major D1-level player. But but that's – that's the Sunbelt Conference, right? If you look throughout the Sunbelt, that's probably the player you're staring at. So that's what makes the Sunbelt, I think, dangerous for high-level D1 teams. You're getting players that also were recruited with your players. Right. They yep. may not have whatever gumption it is to give 100% all the time, and you don't get their best week in, week out. But you get them on their best day at 100%, they're probably pretty good. And that's what, I mean, and you put Frost a good, You put well. a good – yeah, yeah. You put a good. I was just gonna say you put a good coach in there, like Jamie Chadwell at Coastal Carolina, who's got a yeah. super creative offense. And yeah. all of a sudden, now you're really dangerous. I mean, look at look and at it, what. I mean, even even Gardner Webb, Coastal Carolina, kind of a trap game and nowadays. A trap game for Coastal Carolina playing Gardner Webb last weekend. Coastal was a 32 and a half point favorite. Yeah, and they won by a score. I mean, it was because it was 
but that's that close. level. That's that yeah. level player. The reason they're not playing the next level up is sometimes you're not going to get that maximum effort from those guys. You know, I will say App State has developed a real football culture. Oh, I mean, absolutely. That, I've that done a couple been, games there. It's fun. I, I, I'd i like to do more games there. That That's a great environment. I love it. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a time. real, I mean, really, if you look at the state of North Carolina, that might be the only, I mean, the NC State people would say they have a great football culture, but, you know, they're kind of like everybody else. When you win, it's great. But when you lose, it's not, you know, it's yeah, not. Yeah, it's like everywhere else. Yeah. yeah I, I, I have, I've tailgated. I've tailgated at NC State. I, I've not done a game there. I've, I've done, I've done. Done two oh, NC I, State games, but they were they were on the road. But I've I've tailgated NC State oh, when I've they were there. when they were good. It was it was fun. Yeah. Oh yeah. Good... I mean, but I mean, I think you could say that about any school. Like, hey, yeah, yeah. when they're good, it's a lot of fun to be at the stadium, right? I mean, yeah. what makes a football culture is a place like App State, where if they're having a down year, it's still the same atmosphere. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's it's a real football culture. But I I wonder now before we lose our entire audience because they hate it when we do sports talk. Like we need to start our own podcast. They love it talk. when we do sports. They talk. hate it when we when we talk. Trust me, they tell me they they hate it when we do sports talk. <laughs> but one one last little one last little note on it. I I feel like maybe Bernie, maybe football is kind of getting where basketball is. You know how basketball Parody. we've had this we've had this trickle down. You know from the Power Parody. Five. Yeah. You know, to to these quote unquote mid majors, who are playing really well and knocking off a lot of these Power Five schools because you're getting guys who just want to play. And now, especially with NIL deals, if you go and play at a Coastal Carolina, you know you're going to start. You're going to get some exposure. You might right. get some money. So I'm wondering if we're going to start to see some trickle down. But that's a, that's a topic I, for another time. No, I mean I think the transfer rules have helped. You know, before yeah, if you yeah, want to exactly. transfer, you yep. had to sit out a year. Now you can transfer straight down and start playing. So I think that's helped. You know, the 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 other schools outside the power yeah. five kind of develop a talent level. We seriously could do another podcast. Each oh, week. absolutely. Just, just a sports absolutely. talk podcast. Hey, speaking absolutely. of our, speaking of our audience, I really wanted to mention this last week and I can't remember. We got sidetracked like we normally do on something else, but um, you and I had uh, out in California, the pleasure to meet, and I don't want to make it sound like we met dozens of people, but we met several people who listen to the show. And so mm-hmm. it turns out that we don't have 10 people listening. Maybe it's more like, 17 18 people are listening wow (laughs) no but seriously thank you to everyone who came up to us and said they listened to the show and enjoy the show and 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 we truly appreciate you guys i was talking to trey while we were out in california about the show numbers uh i mean for for a little tiny show that really does not get promoted a whole lot except for (laughs) on our facebook pages which again is not great um the numbers were good so um no appreciate everyone who who listens to the show and downloads it because it was fun to wasn't it was fun to meet those people out in california yeah man just random people it's fun and scary at the same time for me like it it was kind of like that time we were in scottsdale now that time was a little freaky yeah and the guy just kind of comes walking like with with purpose directly at us and that's like right towards us yeah, yeah. I was like, that's a little, cr-, you know, but yeah, it's always nice to meet people. I, I get a little scatterbrained. So if I'm walking around and I'm in my head and someone just kind of jumps in my way and wants to talk to me, that kind of freaks me out for a second. But yeah, I love it. It's, it's yeah, really, it was, yeah, it's so cool to meet everybody and from around the country, right? Like all the different parts of the country that watch the show kind of puts a lot of things in perspective. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. So again, thanks to everyone who uh, came up and, and said hi and and uh, thanks to all of you who listen. Um, you know, as much as people hate it when we do sports talk, it does kind of transition a little bit into sure. what we're going to talk about today because you mentioned it. I mean, it basically in college sports has become free agency. Sure. And, and, and I think one of the great things about sports now at any level, whether it's, um, you know, whether it's the NBA or whether it's the NFL or now college sports, 
that it really makes the off season interesting. Yes. And and when I was playing golf yesterday with a couple of my buddies, this is kind of what got us on this topic and, and got us to our our guest today, which you all will know. Um, is I, I was I was telling them, I'm, you know, they said because I was on the phone with uh, one of the bag manufacturers, kind of talking about you know who's who's together, who's not together. And I got off the phone and they're like, "What was that all about?" I'm like, "Oh, we're just talking about <laughs> cornhole free agency." They're like, yeah, well, "Stop it." Just, just stop it. I'm, I'm like, serious. I'm, I'm like, cornhole is no different. Like, we've got all yeah. kinds of drama now. People staying together, people divorcing, who's going to be together, who's in, about, who's out. I mean, how about, I told him, I'm like, this is really fun to follow. I mean, it is no different than the NBA. It's it's unpredictable. you got people yeah. working behind the scenes. I mean, it is really, I mean, this is kind of a fun time. How about what the bag, man, like, I'm starting to hear a lot of stories about what the bag manufacturers are selling. It's a lot of talk. It's a lot of big talk that just doesn't seem possible, you know. And well, yeah. Well, well, that's 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 another reason why we're bringing on our all-star guest today to talk about yeah. this. And and before we bring him on, by the way, it's too bad. It's funny because you and I are such a freaking train wreck, dude. Like I never know what we're going to talk about when we come on. I actually had I actually had something planned today. I couldn't sleep the other night. This, this would be a great meeting Je Jeff and Bernie segment. So if uh -oh. we ever need something during the off season, just dive into. I couldn't sleep. You know, you and I, we, we've talked about this. You know, we're getting old and can't sleep. And uh, so I was up and I just happened to be scrolling. And I see, I, I start seeing these posts about the number 108 and its significance within human existence. Have you ever heard about this? No. Oh my, do, do you believe in numerology or anything like that? <laughs> Sorry, I don't want I mean, I I really, to. I, I haven't really, really, I'm really gotten way into it, but I mean, I, I mean. It's freaky. It's yeah. so freaky. We'll, t we'll talk about it next week. Because because the guy that we have on today, he's big time. I mean, the fact that we can get him even for 30 minutes yeah. is uh, is a privilege for us and everyone who's listening. So let's get right to it. You know him. You love him. He's the CMO of the American Cornhole League and, of course, my broadcast partner and Bernie's broadcast partner as well and our good friend. Welcome back to the show, Mr. Trey Ryder. Hey, Trey. I got one question. I got one question. Yeah. What the hell is on Bernie's face? I know. Oh, you missed it. You missed it's the beginning. Sir. That was we started it's the show sir. with that. What the hell is that? <laughs> yes, sir. I told you didn't hear. Yeah. So I was shaving the beard off, and I was going to go. You know, it's kind of start over because I just can't. I can't leave it on for months at a time. And I remembered that Julie really hates this look, and so I thought I would just kind of keep it for a week just to make her mad. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm I was, with Julie. I'm with Julie. Yeah, yeah I told so him me good. too. Uh, yeah, that's 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 husband slash boyfriend of the year stuff right there. That is. Mm, look at that. That, that, would, that would be nice. like that would be like Trey. Trey, what would Shelby do if you showed up and your beard was shaved, but you kept a stash like a, like a 1970s baseball manager? Yeah, like, I wanted like to buddy it. Bernie. It wouldn't be yeah. good. It wouldn't be good because my mustache is not is very thin. Like it looks okay with the beard. It kind of hides. But like, if you were to get rid of all this, this this looks bad. This looks really bad. So I, I, can't I would imagine. never, I would never do that. I haven't been clean shaven since uh, 2014, 2015. It's literally oh almost been seven years since I've had a completely clean shaven face. I don't but know. See, if wow. what, so you were, so what? you were 14. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> One of the things I like about being a guy is that we can do this and completely change the way we look. 
Yes. Like you can just, oh, I'll just grow some facial hair. Or I'll shave it in a weird way. You look like a completely different person. That's kind of something we have that women just don't get, right? I mean, like, if I want to look, I mean, I'm going to shave this off in probably a couple of days, and then I'll look like a different person then. And women then can, do, the women can do it with hair, though. I mean, think about it. If, you got a, uh, if, if someone's got really long hair, and then they all of a sudden go to, like, a really short cut, I mean, True. that can that can oh, yeah. change that. Yeah, or if I get a haircut, it really doesn't matter unless I shave my whole head. It's to, not to Bernie's to Bernie's point, though, Trey. I mean, with with women, if they shave off their hair or get a short haircut, it takes years to grow years back. Years to get back. We, we, yeah, can, we can change. We can change our look in a week. In a, I mean, just, couple weeks. Yeah. yeah. No, funny yeah. thing enough, though, my beard takes a very long. I have a very slow growing facial hair, right? I don't. Which, is, which people would people would be surprised because I always have a full beard, but like. I only trim it probably once every three weeks. I mean, no it's, way. Yeah. I do not have, if I were to shave this whole thing to get back to this state right here, it'd probably take me a month. Huh. Oh my gosh. I had a buddy Crazy. of mine in college. He's still this way. He just doesn't have to, sh he shaves maybe once every couple of weeks. He just doesn't grow a lot of facial hair. No, mine amazing. comes in evenly. It just grows really, really slowly. Wow. Yeah. Hair grows everywhere on my body, except for right here. I, I this actually week on borderline. We talk about hairstyle. Yeah. Welcome I to borderline. I, this is what we I, do. I shouldn't admit this, Bernie. I had to shave my shoulders. Have you ever have you ever done that? Have you ever like looked at your shoulders Manscaped? and all of, all of a sudden you have like this hair that's like three inches long? You're, it's like a mutant hair. You're like, what the hell? There was like a. I shouldn't even say this. It's so gross. But seriously, it was there was several yeah. of them. So I literally took, I took my razor. And like, like I scared myself. I looked like a freaking wildebeest. And I'm like, what is that stuff? Yeah, that, I've, I've, I've shaved plenty of areas that aren't just my face. If Wildebeest was on your borderline bingo card, you yeah, Wildebeest, you knew that was coming up. That was super awkward, by the way, because I, I just said, have you ever had, have you ever had hair on your shoulder? And it was like crickets. So apparently, I'm the only one who grows hair on the on the back of my uh, shoulder. No, no, grow hair everywhere except for right, right. there. All right, let's. Uh, we our our time our time is precious here with Trey, so yeah, we got we got to get into this. All right, so we we really. Oh, and one more thing, by the way, speaking of audience, Trey, I don't think I've had a chance to tell you, but we were just thanking uh, all the people who listen in uh, to the Borderline podcast. But hey, congratulations to you and Stacy, Bernie, everyone at the ACL for your vision. The ratings for the TV broadcast sounds like we're terrific, up like 20%, up like 25%, something like that. So, man, I mean, you guys have got to sit back at some point and say, man, th this is amazing what we've done. And the popularity just continues to grow. So congratulations on the uh, on the ratings. Way to go. Way yeah, to go, and, man. Yeah, congratulations to everybody on this call, too. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a team effort, right? I mean... It was our best rating ever, the Pro Shootout Championship. I mean, we're talking we're talking ratings with other very high level sports, right? I'm not talking maybe NFL, but you know, right. the ratings that we got for that Pro Shootout Championship were were incredible. So, um, you know, it, it's just crazy because like that was such a small kind of confined space to have such big ratings. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah, such and, a and, and we checked like the lead ins and such, and it wasn't. It, it wasn't as if we got a. I mean, I didn't really think we had an incredible lead in or lead out that that right. drove a lot of traffic. But you know, it's just one of those things where sometimes yeah, we had a really great ending. We had a really great ending. So people tuned in towards the end. I mean, I don't get like I don't get breakdowns or ratings as far as if people were watching the beginning of the end. But you know, the, the incredible ending could have had something to do with it. But <laughs> hey, growth is growth. Growth is growth.
Yeah, that, that's something with sports that's totally out of our control is what happens on the court, what happens on the field, what happens in a cornhole match. You know, we, we can set up all these great storylines, but at the end of the day, it has to be compelling content. And that's totally, I mean, how many times have we, I mean, Trey, how many times at a Clemson football game? You look forward to it all week, right? And it's a snooze fast. Well, maybe you like that. I don't know. You probably like it. Yeah, <laughs> see, that's a bad analogy you, for you me. Guys like it when you're yeah. in I'm the guy up for to zero in the third quarter still at yeah. the stadium because I'm watching the second string guys. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So, so what, what about a Super Bowl, though? You know what I mean? So many times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. Super, Super Bowls, now, we've had a couple of good ones in the last five or six years. But a lot of times in the past, they have not lived up to the hype. So, yeah. I mean, there's not, that's, that's totally out of our control. So to have ratings that were 25% higher, when that's totally out of our control, um, I think it has everything to do with you and me. I mean, that's I mean, I think ma- it has everything yes. to do with. That's with- a massive jump, by the way. Twenty five percent. That is massive. Especially in today's, you know, today's world, where so much yeah. of that is going away from traditional TV um, yeah. and, and going more towards the streaming. Sure. So it's, it, yeah. yeah, it's 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 a big accomplishment. All right, so let's dive into this. I, I think you may have heard the story when you were uh, back in the green room. Um, back back in queue, but but literally, you know, I've, I've been talking to my friends about this, and we joke, but yet they're a little bit intrigued by cornhole off-season free agency. So this is a thing. So for, so again, for Jade and those people out there who listen to the show who are not huge cornhole enthusiasts, there is an off-season. There is free agency. Doubles partners change. So I guess Trey, what what we wanted to do this week is to really kind of do. Cornhole free agency offseason 101. How long are the contracts? How much money are we talking about? Are there agents who signs these people? Who's working behind the scenes? So let's let's just kind of baby step it back. And I guess and, and I guess let's just start with um, how long are the contracts? Like like do players sign a one year contract, two year contract? Are we going to have free agency every year? How does how does this work? Yeah, so right now, all contracts, uh, the only contracts that the ACL is involved in are directly with the players. And those players are signed individually for currently all one-year contracts. Now, the ACL, you know, we're debating the idea and the concept of signing multi-year contracts to certain players. Um, but as of right now, everything is signed on a, one, on a, on a one-year basis. It, it goes from October 1st through September 30th is the length of the contracts. So when someone signs it, they're, you know, they're, they're an ACL pro for the season. And they abide by everything on the contract. Now we do not speci- where the free agency comes into play is that players in general are looking for a sponsors and B the um, you know, they're, they're looking for a doubles partner, perhaps in pro doubles, right? So it's, it, it's kind of a little bit different. It's not as if right now we have the league going out and signing free agents, but kind of in a way we are with, with the pro process, having a select number of spots for application, but really where the, where the, the free agency comes into play is let's take, for example, a premier team from last season, Tony Smith and no Wooten. They finished, uh, top 10 last season. And after this season, they decided, hey, um, we're going to see if we can play with a different player or, or play with a different um, teammate next season. Right. right. They, they decided that they're going to play with someone different. So their contract expires and, and they may have signed individual contracts with each other. We don't mandate that because we also don't mandate the same player playing with the same teammate throughout the entire season. Right. In doubles, they accumulate points together, but they're not required to play every event together, right? 
it does, it, it benefits them to do so because if you come in, you know, you're going to earn points at national number one and earn points at national number two. If you play with two different people at those events, you're going to show up in standings twice with two different players, but you're going to have half the points as if you right. had played with the same person twice. Right. So yeah. It obviously benefits people from a standings perspective, from a seating perspective and an end of year payout perspective to ultimately stick with your same partner all season. So, but, but every, but every year a doubles team can change. So they're basically just signing contracts with each other or with a bag manufacturer or with a sponsor to where they stay together for a year. So there's really no, right. so, so every year there's really a potential for this then, at least for the time being, unless, unless multi-year contracts start coming into play pretty much yeah, every 100%. year we've got this off season. Yeah. So, so right now, I mean, when we get to the point, I'll say not if I'll say when there will be a time when we have multi-year contracts, right? When those multi-year contracts come out with certain pros, you know, that will enable some of these pros to sign multi-year contracts with players that also have multi-year contracts. Right. I mean, for example, if, <clears throat> you know, um, if, if Matt Guy and Jamie Graham decide to stay together at one point, they're offered a three-year contract and they want to sign a three-year contract with each other, then so be it. They can do that and stay doubles partners. But at least for now, we can expect some type of movement and, and free agency period at the end of every season. So, um, and, so, and, so and this is, and this is a cool point because, all right, speaking of Matt and Jamie, let's just use them as an example. So Matt and Matt uh, Guy, Jamie Graham, so they're playing together. So if they stay together, if they were to sign a let's let's say they they were to sign a two year deal, right? What what is the incentive? So they obviously it's it's like playing for the NBA. The I mean the ACL is not paying them, so so they're getting money from sponsorships. So let's say they sign a a two year deal together. They both play with Fire Bags. Jason McCannon is the owner, the founder of Fire. So. So would Jason then pay them? I mean, is this what we're getting to, where bag manufacturers and sponsors now pay these players oh, yeah. to be together for two years? Because I think that's what oh, a lot of people don't understand. Hundred percent. That's what that's what's been going on. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. I mean, I, trust me. I know the answer to that. I'm just saying. A lot of people <laughs> are listening. Don't get this. But but yeah. so that's that's where we're getting is that they're getting paid to play with a certain uh, bag or a certain sponsorship. Yeah, so and, and so a lot of a lot of different dynamics come into play, right? So yeah, you have different strategies by different manufacturers, right? And because manufacturers are right now the ones that are offering the biggest contracts, that may not be the case in the future, right? The day that Nike comes in and wants to put together, you know, a sponsor a few different players, they may be the ones dictating it. But right now, so much money is coming into the bag market that a lot of these bag manufacturers have the ability to spend a lot of money. I'll give Jason McCannon and Fire Cornhole a little bit of credit here. I think they were in a way pioneers in, in the big sponsorship contracts because yeah. when, when Jamie Graham and Matt Guy, before they were even announced, he approached both of them and said, I'm going to put you two together. And Matt Guy said, not going to happen, right? <laughs> but he started waving dollar bills in front of his face and, and eventually that dollar bill stack got big enough where Mac guy said, okay, I'll think about it. Right. And so it was that original agreement with fire cornhole that paid Matt guy and Jamie Graham enough money. And, and I'm not privy to that information. Maybe one day those will become public documents, but since it's not within the ACL, they're not public, right. right. Um, they're with the individual companies. Um, and, and maybe one day those companies will start releasing that information. All we hear is kind of this hearsay, but, um, so Jamie Graham and Matt Guy were paid a large sum 
to be together as a team. And then that started this, this just chain reaction, right? It was no longer here. I'll give you bags and 2,500 bucks for a year. It was, I need to pay you as a team $50,000 in order to, in order to become a team. So that was kind of step one. And then what I really think exploded again was step two with lucky bags. And what it was reported was that Trey Birchfield signed a $100,000 contract through a combination of guaranteed money and bag royalty percentages through the 2021 season after he won the world championship that locked him in. And then kind of that's when everything really exploded, right? This 2021 season, you know, there were many players above $20,000 in sponsorship revenue. There were a select few above forty dollars and $50,000 in sponsorship revenue. And so now that's kind of becoming the standard because some companies, for example, I have an unnamed bag manufacturer that will probably spend close to four hundred to $500,000 this year in player sponsorships alone trying, oh, wow. to get, trying to get their brand out there. And what we see is it's a combination of the free agency has is evolved into a combination of bag manufacturer and sponsors, as well as players, right? Uh, I'm sorry, as 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 well as yeah, doubles teams. Because what mm-hmm. what we what we're starting to see is someone that something like Fire Cornell and, and and Jason McCannon going, look, I want these four players to play together, right? And the bag manufacturer is almost saying, this is what I would like to do. And then the players come back, well, I don't really have chemistry with that guy. What about this? And what about that? And so it's becoming this interesting pool where a lot of people are saying, okay, not only who is going to be playing with who next year, but what bags are they going to be throwing, right? Um, and, and we've seen uh, you know, a, a ton of that this offseason of trying to figure out who's going to get signed by who. Um, so so someone, let's take, take something that just came out that just recently came out. You had Jimmy Humans announced that he's playing with Kyle Malone, two great players. They're going to team up next year. But a thing that kind of surprised a lot of people is that they were signed by Reynolds bags. So Reynolds was a huge company a few years ago. They kind of fell off a little bit and now they're starting to come back after they, you know, Jeff Reynolds has made some investments. He's putting a lot of effort into building up his business back. And so they, he wanted to sign a premier team. And so he took, a Jimmy Humans and a Kyle Malone. Again, I'm not privy to exactly what the dollar amount is, but my gut is Jimmy Humans, you know, Jeff Reynolds, maybe Kyle Malone, or or maybe it was just Jimmy Humans and Jeff Reynolds probably got together and say, hey, I want to be sponsored by Reynolds. I love throwing Reynolds bags. They've always had success with it. And then they started putting their heads together. Well, who's out there? Who's a free agent? You know, might have came to Kyle Malone, Jimmy and Kyle, through, t- through on the same team, the sharpshooters last year in ACL teams. So they were able to develop some chemistry there. And so I think that partnership got put together. Hey, I got this great player. Here's, here's what we're looking for, a sponsorship dollar. Jeff Reynolds said, look, I want to sign a premier team. My gut, this is speculation. My gut says Jeff Reynolds is going to be losing Isidro Herrera and Ryan Windsor. I don't believe Windsor and Herrera will be playing together next season. Mm. And based on the rumors that I hear, Ryan Windsor may not be throwing Reynolds next year based on his partner selection. See, this is exactly what I'm talking about. This is it. 
this yeah. drama in the offseason. I mean, two of the top but, players. I mean, I mean, Ryan Windsor, one of the top what ten players. I mean, he's he's won a national, and you know, we talk about all the time on the air, four nationals last six years or three in the last five years, something like that. A top player. All of a sudden, you got some free agency. Maybe he's leaving. Maybe he's, I mean, th- this is what's crazy. All this drama on Facebook going around. That's fun to watch. At some point, you know, this this is going to be basically the nba offseason this is going to be all over your digital network all over the acl yeah. tv channel i mean this this will be talked about by by hosts like you and me all the time yeah we, spent, we spent almost half our show and around the i'm ACL gonna go ahead and cl- cl- close on out you guys go ahead and talk i'll just uh <laughs> i'm gonna take on off oh hi bernie i've only tried to get in here like five times but you guys go way, ahead. what's what's up with the mustache by the way <laughs> <laughs> all right bernie your turn no, I, I think I think it's awesome, but I think it's somewhat dangerous because you're looking at promises being made by certain manufacturers that there's no way they can be kept. And we, we saw it last season with a certain manufacturer that disappeared midway through. I think the players, as, as awesome as it sounds, when they see these dollar amounts coming their way, you know, obviously you get kind of caught up in it, but they have to make sure that manufacturer can back up the number that they're throwing at them. Don't you think? I mean, I, I mean, it seems like as great as it all is, we're, it's now kind of incumbent upon the players to really do some due diligence and kind of say, Hey, you know, this so-and-so is offering me this, but can they, can they realistically yeah. offer you that? And they, and, I, and it's tough for the players. Yeah. I think that the shift, I, I personally shot, saw a shift the past two years. So two years ago, it was, these select manufacturers coming out, starting to offer these first contracts, right? It was, it was fire. You know, it was all cornhole doing most of the sponsorships with some, maybe some other bags in there. Then fire cornhole came in and said, look, I'm going to offer all this money to this team. It was a new manufacturer and it was, it, it was throwing a bunch of money at these players. So then that shifted the entire market to where a lot of these players went, oh, wow, there's some yeah. big money out there. So they went to some of these big manufacturers. Big manufacturers started had to throw up some money, but they couldn't sponsor everybody. So then what? Then the shift the next year was, okay, let, these big companies aren't going to be able to shell out all of it. Let's try to identify some new manufacturers coming in and see who the next fire cornhole was going to be. Now, right. the issue was is that I think personally, a lot of these new bag manufacturers did not have a solid business plan similar to what Fire Cornhole did. What Fire Cornhole did was say, I'm going to be in the red. I'm going to invest this money, guarantee this money, pay it to the players and hope that it pays off in the long run. Some newer manufacturers came in, wanted to play with the big guns, but said to themselves, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to give them, I know I'm going to make $500,000 in bag revenue this year. So I'll just guarantee that my players are going to get 50,000 of it. Right. And as we go throughout the season, I'll make payments based on when I make that money. The issue is they never took off like fire cornhole and they never took off like some of these big manufacturers within the first six months and now these players are going, where's my money? The bag <laughs> manufacturers are going, I don't have it, right? Mm. Because they expected... Yeah. They Which expect, is your point, Bernie. Yeah. They expected yeah. to be profitable right out of the gate. So I think that what Bernie is saying, we're seeing a, a second shift. So we sh- well, actually really a third to big asking for big money for big manufacturers, 
then small manufacturers coming out and getting sponsorships. And now we're seeing a shift back to a lot of these players that are high profile saying, I'm going to sign these big deals with trusted, established manufacturers. And we're yep. seeing less and less of these really, really big deals with some of these smaller manufacturers. If you think about it, I cannot think of a, a single high profile signing with a bag manufacturer that I've seen this season or in this off season with a new manufacturer. None. Now that doesn't right. mean some of these smaller, not smaller, some of these mid to bottom tier pros, those people by all means, but their sponsorship yeah. dollar may only be five or $10,000 for, right. for, or, or all the travel expenses, or it may not be any cash involved. It may just be get, get my travel paid for all these different events, which for a smaller manufacturer is a much, much easier pill to swallow. So, yeah. um, I think, hey, Trey, Trey yeah. let me ask you this real quick. Let me jump, jump in here. So Mark Richards, right? Even the people who are watching this show who aren't cornhole enthusiasts, don't watch every single broadcast. A lot of them now know his name after what he did in Chicago and what he did at the World Championship. So how much of a market, like is, is Mark sitting back right now? Does he have an agent? Does he sit back right now as the number one player in the world? And 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 does, does he receive offers? Do you think he's getting multiple offers? Like he was with, I think, Gladiator. So I mean, would 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 a Jason McCannon from Fire go after him? Would Mark Pryor from from Ultra? I mean, we haven't mentioned Mark yet. I mean, Ultra is probably the biggest manufacturer out there. I mean, do these guys go after a Mark Richards? Does that happen? One hundred percent. So I know for a fact, Mark Richards fielded at least four offers from different manufacturers. Wow. So and and I they were for a significant amount of money. Um, I'm talking. If, if Mark Richards isn't making between fifty and a hundred thousand dollars this coming season from his bag sponsorship alone, then he made a mistake. Um, <laughs> but I, I know he's going to be in. The, I know he's in that range. Um, so I, I do know who he's going to sign with. I don't think I can give that public information just yet. Um, oh, I think you can. Right here on borderline. <laughs> hey, you guys are getting a reveal next week. So I don't want you're greedy. Stop being greedy. Stop greedy. being greedy. <laughs> All the reveals. Yeah. So um so so, so Richards and in, in him and in, in his deliberation, I won't give anything away from saying this because this is all I mean, this is this is somewhat public, is that um you know, his big thing was I love playing with Phil, but there's a lot of money out there. So I know for a fact there was a lot of decisions in the offseason to be made. How can I have my cake and eat it too? If not, is there a, a substantial amount of money that I can make with a different partner? If there's not, am I willing to take a little bit less to play with Phil? Like there, there's a lot of different things that Mark Richards personally was having, to, you know, was having to to think through. Did is the Love bag? It. Can you can you give us this? Can you give us a tease? Is the bag he's selecting is it stickier, or or is it a little faster? Uh, well, I mean the the company that he's going with offers multiple series. Sure, right? they do. What are they known for? Uh, I can't say that. <laughs> I can't say that at all. Um, but you know, there's but like I said, there's a lot of different. Um, there's a lot of different methodology, and different manufacturers have different strategies. I was, I want to say this earlier, is that. Um, for example, Mark, uh, sorry, uh, Mark Pryor and Ultra last year took a very broad approach. I'm going to sign 25 people 
30 people, even if it's for a lower dollar amount. And when I do that, I'm going to pay them all a little bit lower, but I'm going to get a lot of reach. I may only have a select few that make the broadcast. I'm going to pay them obviously a little bit more. I'm going to incentivize incentivize them with bonuses if they make the broadcast, but I'm really taking a really broad approach. Other people look at um, even Lucky Bags and Fire Cornhole. They said, I'm going to keep my team much, much smaller. I'm going to throw a lot of money at them with the ideas. If I invest in the best players in the world, they're going to win no matter what. More often than they're not, they're making the main stage. They're mm-hmm. they're gonna they're gonna break through and they're gonna do you know a really really good job. Um, and so I'm gonna get my marketing that way because I'm gonna build my marketing platform off of hey the best players in the world are throwing this bag right. Whereas Mark Pry is saying look at all these pros that are throwing my bags. I mean you literally can't go into a pro event without seeing ultra just everywhere. So there's just two different strategies and, and methodologies. So a lot of these players navigate the off season with, and it's so intense right now is because like I said, contracts went through the end of, um, you know, the uh, end of the pro shootout championship. So that means their contract went through there, which means a lot of their bag manufacturing contracts. And if they had a player, a partner contract went through the pro shootout championship. So you can't have tampering, right? So they can't negotiate with other people until that pro shootout championship is over. Once that over, it's just boom. I mean, it's just like the wildfire starts because everybody starts calling everybody. Everybody's starting to, to dive in. And it's, uh, you know, it, it just makes for, it makes for great drama. It makes for a great intensity. How much, how much has the last two years been a wake up call for someone like Chad Littlewood? In that, you know, at one point in time, all cornhole was literally miles and miles and miles ahead of other manufacturers as far as sales and so forth. That's not true anymore. And, like, yeah. and so, and so, how does how, has this been a wake up call for him, or is he seeing this as a you know a cyclical? You know, they'll come back. You know, we'll we'll end up getting the best player at some point. It'll all cycle back around. Or is he welcoming the competition? Or do you think he cares at all? No, I definitely like cares. I definitely yeah. think he cares. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I I know that I would say that Chad is just wanting to be on the. He's wanting to get back to where he was. Is is being right. the, the top. I mean, I think he made. You know, he did sign a good amount of players last year. He just may have not signed the players that got him to the pinnacle of where some of these other were. And that's not necessarily saying it was an intentionally bad decision or even a bad decision at all. He made an investment in a certain number of players. And for better or for worse, they may not have been the ones to be on every single broadcast, right? Or be the ones to be the forefront or be the ones to be leaders and trying to push out bags to everybody else, Um, you know, he also didn't come out with a ton of new bags, yeah. right? So um, I think that was was something that a lot of different other manufacturers were like, hey, Mark is Mark Pryor constantly coming out with a new bag. So his, his players are constantly pushing something, constantly getting people to talk about it. And that's just, you know, a different style of approach. Now, I think yeah. this offseason, Chad Littlewood is is ready to go. I mean, he's 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 going <laughs> after some people. Um I, I think, I think I this is a really needed- interesting. I think it's a really interesting topic, and I can't wait. We're going to have Mark Pryor on in a couple of weeks. Again, he's the, he's the founder, the owner of Ultra Bags, and just just to hear 
the the difference in philosophy like you're talking about trey you know whether whether you spread it around just to try and really market and promote your bag throughout the whole community or do you just pick some of the top players and go all in with these players and when we talk to mark it'll be interesting to see if he's going to have a change in his philosophy at all coming up for the season that'll, that'll be interesting and bernie to your point as far as things being cyclical I'm, i mean from what we've heard from trey i'm not sure that things are cyclical anymore you either need to get in or you're going to be out i mean things are constantly changing and yeah, the money I, is, is really starting to get real i think the top four top there's a certain there's a certain kind of like with the players there's a certain level that are just elite as far as the bag manufacturers go i think those are going to kind of stay the same I think there's going to be a few that kind of make a run here and there, but I think those top bag manufacturers are probably here to stay. And I wonder as far as our free agency era, does that change who becomes number one season after season after season because they have the best players that year or they, I don't know. That's what makes it so fun. That's what makes this time of year in some ways more entertaining because all the drama is happening now. Oh, there, there, are, there are a lot of people who like uh, like NBA fans who now are starting to like the NBA offseason as much as they like the regular season just because of all the drama. All right, hey, we're running out of time as always. Trey, if we can wrap things up talking about the money, because that's another question I get. Well, how much money did they actually make? What, what are we talking about? You know, $10,000? Like, can you give us generalities of what a cornhole player, a professional cornhole player is going to make next year? I mean, between, between the, what the money they'll get from the bag manufacturer, what money they'll get from sponsorships, and then what money they'll get from the league. I think our total payout this year was like two million. I mean, just the final eleven days of the season, if you if you throw Spencer McKenzie's in there, was what just shy of a million. So how much are we talking about the top 10, 15, 20 players making for 2023? Yeah, so I think it's a big the big wild card there is what kind of sponsorships is the ACL as a league able to secure to affect the prize pool directly. Those negotiations are going on for the next month and a half, two months. So okay. I, I don't know. Assuming everything, let's say everything stays the same, you're going to get multiple players making more than $100,000 next year. I would say five to 10 making more than $100,000 next year, right? Within another select few being, you know, fifty dollars to $100,000, a large amount making between fifteen and fifty. And then, you know, a bottom chunk, not, you know, making less than 10 grand, right? Um, but if we're able to say double the prize pool from 1 million to 2 million, well, we were at like 1.2 this year. If we were able to go from 1.2 to 2 million, you know, on sponsorships, that would be amazing. And I think then you see, again, close to a double in the amount of prize money taken in by players. And then you could have, you know, all those, all those different brackets that I just said shift up a little bit, right? Um, it, I think it really just depends it, the big Delta right now, the big, the big question mark is just what's that sponsorship revenue going to look like for the ECL. So it's, it's coming. Another it's, conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the money, so the money from the bag manufacturers is significant, but still not huge yet. So you're talking maybe 20 to $50,000 sponsorships per year for elite players out of bag manufacturers roughly I think it's a really good number with some very very limited outliers Outlier, getting above yeah. that number but I would say a lot of you know the elite players are getting anywhere from 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 20 to 50 Wow amazing well between that and um the ratings and what we talked about a couple of months ago with you with Vegas and Q1 with 2023 and getting on the sports books 
Uh, it could be a crazy year. I mean, the, the, it, you think it's been a lot of growth in the last two years. This sport could absolutely just off the hook explode next year, without a doubt. Well, I mean, if you think about it, when you think about growth over time, five years ago, the ACL was making its debut on television, and I was with the company for six weeks. Like, that's... <laughs> When you think grand grand picture, sometimes you're like, oh, man, it's got to be, you know, the leagues have been around 15, 20, 50 years. And what we've been able to accomplish in just five, sometimes I really have to level set myself and think about it that way. Yeah. And now you got three quarters of a million people watching a watching a, a broadcast. Yeah. Unbelievable. All right. Hey, we are out of time. We got to go, guys. Trey, thank you so much for your time. Uh, the, hey, the first three-time guest. And that's legit. I checked wow. on it. So I'm not going to get any hate text from me saying, hey, what about uh, me? Number three. All right. Thanks, brother. Love <laughs> Thanks, you, dude. I'll talk, we'll talk to you later. <laughs> All right. Sorry to hate to cut him short, man. We could talk for hours. Yeah. All right, brother. I cannot wait to uh, see what look you got going next week. Love the stash. <laughs> yeah, I might have to go to something more normal since I have to be in front of people the following <laughs> weekend. So. All right, man. We got to run. I'll talk to you next week. Yes, sir. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye.